Man, it's great to have you guys here. And uh, we are in our second week of a series called Gospel Deep, uh, His Glory Lived Out. Gospel Deep, His Glory Lived Out. And uh, we walked through all of last year, Romans 1 through 11, with the Gospel Deep tag on it, right? We're going to learn what the gospel means and how it impacts our soul. Verses or chapters 1 through 11, and that was all about this vertical relationship with our King and how He impacts us with His work on the cross, His forgiveness, His mercy, the hope we have in our God, Gospel Deep. And now this year we're going into a giant horizontal, a one another's gospel deep, his glory lived out. As we get filled with the love of our God, it fills us to the rim and spills over to those we know around us. And, and, um, and this is a crazy time, isn't it? For the one another's thing, you think about it, you, you hear this stuff about the ISIS stuff over in Iraq. You've got the, this massive mistreatment of Christians, this huge, um, war against anyone who would have a faith in Christ and and uh, man it even gets closer to home just right down in St. Louis right with Ferguson and and the huge battle going on there racially and and uh, an anger with one another for somebody doing something and a perception of something and who's right and who's wrong and there's opinions on both sides and all of a sudden it becomes a giant riot in the streets for days and weeks on end and uh, man our society is a mess And uh, learning to love one another is an absolutely essential deal. The passage today is called living with others. How do I live with the one who is my neighbor? How do I live with my family member? Tougher yet, maybe. How do I live with the one who's persecuting me? And uh, how do I live with others? That's what we're learning today. So turn with me, if you will, to Romans 12, starting in verse 9. We got ushers coming forward with Bibles in their hands. Romans 12, starting in verse 9, and uh, if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you, all right? Just be patient. They'll get one to you there. Romans 12, verse 9 is where we're starting, and the whole passage is all about living with others. What does it look like? How do we go after it? The first point, let your love be genuine to the core. Let your love be genuine to the core. He starts out in uh, verse 9, let love be genuine. You ever wonder where I come up with these points from? Right. Why not just quote what scripture says, right? Let love be genuine and uh, abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Let love be genuine. And uh, just need to note last week we were looking at uh, Romans chapter 12, the first section. Right. And it was about um, spiritual gifts and serving where God's called you to be. By the way, last week we had like 380 names plus come in for an interest in serving. And we're going to be working with them to try to get them placed. So praise God for that. Appreciate all of you who are interested in taking a step forward and serving in this community that God might get the glory. And appreciate all that interest. As we got through the early part of Romans 12, there are spiritual gifts. The next step, love. Does that sound familiar? So let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. Spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 13, love. Like that's how it plays out, man. Whenever we start getting near each other, we better get some love on or it ain't going very well. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so here we go. He starts in verse nine. Let your love be genuine and uh, love. This is the word agape in the Greek, right? We've heard that word before. Maybe it's, it's this word that's often used. It's used for the love God has for us. This perfect love, this sacrificial love and uh 
May your sacrificial care for others be genuine. Genuine, like pure, sincere, uh, not faked, um, not driven by the word should, right? Well, I should do that. I suppose I should go over and help them out, and right? That's not love, right? Not driven by the word should, but driven by the word could. Man, we could do that for them. Like it's got opportunity in its mindset, not responsibility and weight and burden and opportunity and privilege to reach out and uh, let your love be genuine. And uh, the next sentence, abhor what is evil. That word abhor, hate, right? Did you know that? True love truly hates. Let that settle for a moment. True love truly hates. Absolutely fact. It's right here in scripture. Let love be genuine and hate what's evil. This is the deal. When you really love someone, you will hate that which is destructive to them. You will stand against that which would ruin them. That's which would ruin your relationship. That which stands between them and God. I'm against that. Right? True love truly hates. And uh, just apply that hate in the right spot. Right? We're hating what is evil. And uh, that's a big deal. Everybody say that's a big deal. I'm telling you, it's easy to get into this American love thing where it's like, no, no, I love them. So I never have anything to say to them about anything that's going on in their life. I have no speak into that. I just love them. All positive, man. That's who I am. I'm just Joe positive. I'm, I'm supportive and I'm helpful, but I'm not going to talk about the evil that's destroying their life. And um, that's, that's actually not love. There's more concern there for how you're being received than how God is actually being treated in their life and relationship. And that's a big deal. We need to have a loving, genuine response to them. And we need to absolutely despise that which would destroy them or their relationship with God. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Hold fast. Literally in the original language, this means be glued to. That's what it means. Like picture like gorilla glue today. You know what I'm talking about? The stuff where whatever it touches, it will stick from then on for life. You know what I mean? We had uh, this lamp out in front of our house. I don't even know what happened. Sometime a storm blew through and, and the bottom part of the lamp, like the clips broke and the metal thing fell. All right. And I'm trying to figure out what's broken on the clips. And I finally figure out the clips are just snapped. We're going to have to go buy a new light. And uh, we look at the price and it's, you know, whatever it was, 40 or 60 bucks. And I'm like, gorilla glue is like eight bucks. So I went and bought Gorilla Glue and I cleaned it all up and I put the Gorilla Glue on and I stick the thing to it and I hold it. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six. Hey, how's it going, neighbor? You know, seven, eight, nine, seven. Holy cow, it's stuck. I can't even pull it off. Like Gorilla Glue, man, it sticks things in place and it holds them. I don't know what that stuff has, but don't touch it. You know what I mean? And uh, it's like Gorilla Glue yourself to what is good. Hold fast to what is good. Like you and good should not be in, you cannot separate. Can't figure out how to get it apart from you. You're constantly considering what God will be honored with, what his character is shown off with. It may cost you something in the process, but that's not of concern. It is good 
so I'm stuck to it. Like that's what he's talking about. Hold fast to what is good. This is what it looks like to have our love be genuine to the core. And uh, it says uh, next here, not just to hold fast to what is good, but then it says, um, love one another with a brotherly affection. Love one another with a brotherly affection, or at least what a brotherly affection should look like, right? Some of you are thinking of your brother and you're like, oh, I could love like that. Right? And, uh, maybe we're not talking about that. Right. Brotherly affection like this literally means like I have a passion for my family, man. You stand up against my family and I stand in the gap and I care for them. I care what happens to them. I have a relationship with them. Uh, I miss them when they're gone and and uh, love with a care for them. And uh, it says outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo, you know, like they give here. You give here. Right. And like, how often do we do this? Well, they did this. So I'll I'll match that. I'll do that, too. Right. And well, that was very kind of them. I'll be kind to them as well. And uh, we're like matching one another in honor. This actually says outdo one another in giving honor. I don't care where you gave. I'm giving to the moon, man. I'm going to honor you like crazy. I'm pouring it on. And and uh, what does it mean to honor someone? And uh, I just wrote this, uh, to recognize them. You know, if you're going to honor them, you at least have to notice they're in the room. You know what I'm saying? Like how many times do you just walk past someone and you're like, yeah, I didn't even know they were there. Or, uh, recognizing them, prioritizing them. Like you're going to put a little bit of time of you into them. Prioritizing them, valuing them and their relationship. To uh, show honor is to put some time in, some energy and some thought in. And uh, this is a big deal now, gospel deep, very uh, vertical relationship with our God and understanding his relationship with us. This is why we're honoring them. Are you ready? Not because they're an awesome human being. They might be. They might not be. Because they are made in the image of God. That's number one. So it doesn't even matter if they're trusting in Christ made in the image of God and you're now going to honor them as God has poured into them and made them. You are now honoring them as a human being and made in his image. Now, even more so if they're trusting in Christ, they are now also a new creation in him. It is God and his work in them that makes you honor them. See, that takes it off of what they've been acting like. And that's going to be a big deal in just a few minutes as we look at another part of the passage. If it's always about how nice they are as a human being, then when they're not nice, I, well, I don't need to honor them. They were a punk, right? But that's not what he's talking about. He's like, they were made in God's image and they're a new creation and, and there's a divine element in them and God pouring into you, it now spills over to the streets and you're worshiping your king as you care for those around you. You outdo them and showing honor and prioritizing them. And uh, it says, do not be slothful in zeal. Slothful in zeal. That, that's kind of a wild combination of words, right? Uh, slothful, like, have you ever seen a sloth move? Right? Have you ever watched a video? 
You're like, for like three minutes, then I'm bored to tears and I move on, right? They barely move along the path and slothful, slow and methodical and, and dragging everything down. Do not be slothful in your zeal. Man, know what you want to go after. Know what God wants to go after and get after that thing and put some heat on it, man. Put some energy in it. Fervent, go after it. You're going to see a, well, you're going to see a bit of a speed. You're going to see a lot of passion and people leaning in with you. People start following those who have some zeal. And we saw that actually last week in, in your leadership, serve with zeal. And uh, it says here, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Like there is, when people get around you, you're contagious. You inspire them to move forward in their serving of the king. And please hear me on this. Notice it says, serve the Lord. Serve who? Serve the Lord, right? And and be very careful. As we start talking about the one another's plan, we can quickly start losing the whole vertical focus altogether. And it becomes one big giant club again. We start falling backwards into just caring for each other, man. That's all we're doing. And we just dropped God out of the equation. That's why it's a big deal when we note things like we're honoring them because of his work in their life. We're honoring them because of who he is. We're serving the Lord as we serve those around us. And uh, that's the plan. It says, uh, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope. And there is an eternity coming. And get this. Yes, this world is broken. And yes, we have tragedy ensuing in the streets. And there is rivals and and battles going on between um, ethnicities and between faiths and between people. And, and, And it's a mess down here of sin and destruction. But the king is coming. And heaven will be established for all eternity. And Jesus Christ will reign as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Hope in eternal life with our God. The tears wiped away, sin and sin gone, perfection in place. And it is amazing what God is bringing. We have hope and we rejoice in it. Amen. 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 Man, we've got to celebrate what God's doing and where God is headed. It is easy to get caught up in today and be sickened. And uh, it is against God in many ways. And, uh, but there are things we can do in the midst to be loving and honoring. And there is something we can be hoping in for all of eternity. What Jesus Christ is doing and was guaranteeing. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. That's probably a great definition of this here and now, isn't it? And the hurts and heartaches we go through. And uh, hang on. God's doing something. I don't see what he's doing. And you don't understand the load of hurt that I'm having to carry. And, uh, And I hear you on that. And there are some loads in this room that are devastating. And, uh, those are times where we need to come alongside of one another and be carrying it together. Be patient in tribulation. Your God is at work. Um, Trust in his heart. See him moving.
long for him to have his way. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. This is said all over scripture. Uh, Pray always. And uh, how do I do that? I can't concentrate. Like I'm, I'm taking a math test. How do I pray while I'm taking the math test? And, and uh, I got to be honest, there's probably a little bit of rebellion in you when we start asking those questions, right? Because we know what really is meant by it. And, and in the midst of it, it's, Lord, I'm giving this math test to you right now. And most likely, by the time you get to the second question, you're praying anyway, right? <laughs> and like, Lord, please help me. As I, may I really, the study that I put in, and may it represent well what I've done. And, and Lord, if I haven't studied well, then may it represent what I haven't done. And Right? And Lord, please, I'm just giving this to you. And constant in prayer, always bringing it before him. May he be the center of what you do. Please don't lose sight of this. Please don't get into a one another's game plan and forget about God all of a sudden. And we've lost our worship. What a mistake. Okay? Um, It says at the end, uh, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Care. Care contribute to the needs of the saints. This is like over and above giving. Give faithfully and regularly to your Lord. Continue to passionately give to him. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Pour it on, man. You're pouring it into the church and giving. This church is phenomenal at giving. Praise God for who you are and what you're doing. And God's just doing an amazing work through you. Appreciate your passion for giving in this place. And it's saying not just be faithful in the regular giving, but when you see a need of someone, just pour it on all the more. Show hospitality, like using the place you own, invite them into your place that you might pour it on them. Love on them, care for them. Whatever God shared with you, share it out to care for those around you. And uh, that's what it looks like. And uh, I'll just tell you, our impact groups are a great place for that. And uh, we've had a ton of care going on as people are visited in the hospital, as they have meals brought to them, as they're prayed for and prayed with, as they're um, brought back over to somebody's house and they just spend time hearing from each other. And, and uh, it's a huge place for the care and connectedness in this church. And um, may we care for the needs around us. May we show hospitality. And uh, it is not, everybody say it's not. It is not so that others think I'm really cool. You hearing me? I invited them over to my house. Now they know I'm awesome. Right? It's just not about that. It's about God getting the glory. It's about us humbly being his servant and reaching into their life and caring for them with all we've got. It is not about how it makes us look. It's about how it makes our king look. May we show him off. It's what he's like. And, uh, All right, so a little illustration. We'll use a winter one because it's been doggone hot this last week and a half. All right, so there's a guy, he's out shoveling his snow. Right now, that sounds great, doesn't it? Cool and and breezy and he's got a little beard going. He's got the snow kind of sticking in it and the icicles forming as he's finishing the snow and and he's getting done shoveling. He comes in, he takes off his clothes and he just kind of looks like a giant human icicle. Right, And he sees the fireplace over there. He comes over to it. Turns out it's actually an image of a fireplace on a TV. But he stands in front of it and he's like, oh, mm. right. Wife comes in like, okay, hon, what are you doing? I'm trying to warm up. This isn't helping at all. Well, that's because it's an image of a fireplace, not a fireplace, right? And uh, what's it missing? Well, it's missing the heat. 
and it's missing the substance. And uh, does that describe your love? Is your love missing the heat and the substance? Kind of looks like it on the outside. I'm, I'm faking it at some level and I'm maybe even doing it to draw attention to myself in the midst. I'm, well, my love's not very genuine. It's, I'm trying to fake it so I fit in. And is that your love? Maybe it's time to take your love to another level. Maybe it's time to meet your God as he stands pouring into your life. Remember, love is genuine. Love does hate evil. It's time for us to kick the heat up on our passion for our God and our passion for those around us. May we love those around us with all we've got. And there's a lot of verbs, action words in that section we just went through. A huge calling to being a Loving one another, holding fast to what is good, uh, outdoing one another with honor. Uh, don't be slothful in zeal, fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, constant in prayer, contributing to the needs of those around us, hospitable with what we own. Time for our love to actually kick the heat up and be genuine. All right. Living with others. Number two. Live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. He starts out, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Really? Bless those who... I don't know if I agree with this, Tim. My plan is, come home and whine to the family about those who persecute you. Get a friend and get them aside at Chili's and tell them how much this punk bothers you. That's what I do. Is that in the Bible anywhere? Can we find that one? Because that one's easier to do, right? And uh, when they persecute, what does that mean? It means they're bringing harm. It means their goal is to bring pain to you because probably they're putting themselves first. And uh, down with you, up with them. Persecution. It might be a very intentional, very permanent harm. It might be an in the moment, just kind of cut you out, want to do it that way harm. Our goal is to bless them. That's a very biblical word. I don't even know how to do that. What does bless mean? And so here's a couple thoughts. Bless. First of all, it, it does have a sense of prayer to it. It's praying for God's favor for them. Lord, please bring your best into their life. Ever try that with someone who's hurting you? Lord, I'm setting me down. It is the ultimate in pride being set down. As you say, Lord, bring your best for them. And it's not just words. I really mean it, God. You know, it's not the kind where you're like, Lord, bring their best. Fine, I'll say it. It's not that. It's like, Lord, seriously, I'm ready for whatever you need to do in their life to be awesome. Please bring your best to them. And, uh, and then, Lord, if I can be a part of that blessing, awesome. Right? That's another part of blessing. It's you're willing to be a part of the loving and the honoring and the respecting and the pouring in and the, the sharing with them, even when they're persecuting you. And uh, all right, top three ways we blow being a blessing. Ready? Top three replacements. Number one, uh, all out anger. Just harsh words, right? They persecute you and you're like, oh yeah, 
Well, you don't know what you did. And let me tell you about you now, mister. Right? And we go back at him. Like, let me give some words to you and let me include a little bit of tone so you get the point. Let me put a little body language in it. Maybe I'll even point at you. Right? Harsh words and going after it. Don't you persecute me. I'll persecute you back. Right? The harsh words. Second, uh, harsh actions. Maybe you even get a little bit conniving and you're like, I'm so going to hurt them behind the scenes. It's going to hurt them. You should not have crossed me. Now I'm going to bring it. Uh, That one worries me, by the way, just so you know. Uh, All of it worries me in some levels. We all have these in us, but when we start conniving with bitterness that lasts us days, weeks, and months trying to figure out how to hurt someone, it is going to be your undoing. It's going to hurt you, man. It's not where you want to live it out. And uh, so harsh words, harsh accents. And the third one, which I see a lot nowadays, the freeze out. Oh, really? Going to persecute me. (laughs) Done with you. And so here's the problem. A lot of times it's perceived persecution and we freeze them out and we don't even necessarily know what was going on, right? In our modern culture, it may be called unfriending them. Right? Have you seen that commercial? The older ladies and they're unfriending. That's it. I'm unfriending you. It's not how it even works. Right? And uh, isn't that so much of what we're like, that's it. I'm done with you. Done. Freeze out. And I'm just telling you, that is not blessing. Everybody say, that's not blessing. Not harsh words, not harsh actions, and not the freeze out. Praying that God would have his best for them. And hanging in there being willing for you to even be the vehicle of that blessing. That's what he's calling us to, man. Bless and do not curse. Curse, that's when we call for God's punishment on them. Do not do that. And that's a lot easier, isn't it? Lord, will you just bring it on them? Do you see what they're doing wrong? I'm ready. I'm so front seat. I'm waiting, God. Bring your wrath. Right. And let me find a psalm. There's got to be a good psalm for that one. Right. That's our first biblical proof. We always go to that. They're called imprecatory psalms. If you want the big word, it's like, Lord, will you destroy them? And, And he's saying, please, there's something else that's happened. The cross and Christ and his work. And get this now. We have deserved nothing of his forgiveness. Lord, in the midst of that, I'll take anything that comes at me. You've given me amazingly. I'm just giving this back to you. Even if I take that hit on the chin. And you're like, wow, Tim, that's a hard one. Yeah, it is. It comes face to face with our pride, doesn't it? Join me in this pain going out. You think preaching this was fun this week? As I'm starting to work through it, I'm like, oh, right, that one too. Oh, that one too, right? And I'm telling you, we need to partner together on this. This is our plan to bless and do not curse. No harsh words, no harsh actions, no freeze out. Let's work together on it. And uh, he says, uh, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Celebrate with them when there's something good going on. Cry with them when there's something bad going on. Just so you know, it is truly easier to rejoice or to weep with those who weep than to rejoice with those who rejoice. Did you know that? 
Like you're sitting there and things aren't going exactly great for you and something awesome happens for the guy next to you and you're like, great. Right? I'm happy for you, man. And, uh, right, this facial expression says it all, right? Weep with those who weep. Now that's a little easier. When they're crushed and we see them crushed, we feel for them and we get in there with them, right? And we weep with them. And, uh, we are called to be there with them and partner with them in it. And, uh, you know, grasping the picture of this is a big deal. And many of you know, um, Joel Stanfield uh, passed away this past week here and a huge loss. We've got the funeral coming up this week and a visitation tomorrow, three to seven and um, the funeral on Tuesday at 10 o'clock. And uh, just a massive loss, a young guy, 34 years old and three kids and, and uh, attenders at this church. And so here's one story about Joel that could capture this for a while. Um, Joel's a teacher, third grade teacher in, in Lincoln. That's his passion with kids. And so there's a story that goes, this is a true story. Kid was uh, running along and it's uh, part of the, what they had to do for their uh, school time thing. They had to finish this run, this race. And as he was trying to finish the race, this little one was like, it ain't happening. He's starting to slow down. Everybody else is done. The goal was you finish. Then you get a popsicle. They're all eating their popsicles and he's having a hard time finishing the whole run. And he just starts slowing and the tears start coming. And he's like, it's not going to happen. And uh, all of a sudden, Joel shows up next to him running and goes, come on, bud. We can do this, man. Let's do this together. Come on. And he's running with them and psyching them up and talking to them. And they're running together. And all of a sudden, kid kind of forgets where they're at. And boom, they're past the finish line. And he says, just sit right where you are. I'll be right there. He goes over and gets the popsicles. Comes back, gives him the popsicle, sits down with them. And they just talk. And um, that was that little kid's remembrance of Joel and the work in his life. Weeping with those who weep. Rejoicing with those who rejoice. You are running alongside them in their life. That's what it looks like. Are you ready to run alongside them? More than just a little email that says, hey, I'm praying for you. You're there with them. You're doing life with them. That's a big battle cry as we live in harmony with those around us. And uh, so that's the next phrase. Live in harmony with one another. That's uh, actually a musical term for us, right? It means to resonate with one another, to actually be in alignment with each other, to be in unity with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Uh, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. This phrase, just let this settle now. Do not be haughty. We get that. Don't be proud, right? Because, you know... Pride comes before a fall because God opposes the proud. Like pride is the breakdown of us. And we get that. The next phrase, do not associate with the haughty, but associate with the lowly. Are you hearing that? You will act like who you hang with. If your goal is for the pride to be out, then be careful not to hang with prideful people. Careful on that. If you're leaning on friends who are all about the pride, it will be a contagious disease. That's the battle cry. Doesn't mean you don't care for them, but you're not leaning on them. 
right? That word associate is like you're doing deep life with and depending on them. They would be called more of a ministry than a friendship and be careful with that load. It'll tear you down. And uh, never be wise in your own sight. You know, where you're like, oh, I don't even need to hear from you. I'm a genius. I have the solution. I need no input. I've got the answer. That's wise in your own sight, right? The kind where you cut people off and you don't want to hear their opinion. You look in the mirror and you're like, wow, they're lucky to have me. And, you know, wise in your own sight. Be careful. Make sure you're willing to listen and hear. Okay. And uh, big deal. So look, back in 2002, over in Africa, there was this lioness, female lion, and uh, she adopted a little baby oryx, like kind of looks like a goat almost, right? And uh, adopted, like cared for it, like took this little one around, walked around with it, protected it, would not leave its side, and it became the rave of talk. The tourists coming in flooded over to the spot where they could get pictures of the lion laying down with the lamb. It was this huge attraction. It turned out over the course of time, she ended up taking on five baby oryx, um, trying to care for them, trying to nurture them through. Nobody's quite sure what happened, but um, the mother somehow separated from and this baby left alone. And this little lion mom had a heart for these little ones left alone. Almost inexplainable. As she's caring for them and laying with them, I took some looks at some videos on YouTube. Look it up when you go home if you want. Licking the ears of and caring for this little baby Oryx. Just amazing what went on there. And, and um, the statement made in the public papers was, the lion lays down with the lamb. A touch of heaven. How often, how amazing it is when just a glimpse of heaven gets seen, this world gets drawn to it. You hearing me? Are you a glimpse of heaven in your care and your compassion, in your willingness to take on the heat, in your willingness to bless those who persecute you? If that's not heavenly, I don't know what is. In your passion to put others first, may people look at you and go, man, that has got to be what heaven is like. Not because it's like, that's right, I'm awesome, right? Not back to the pride thing, but... My God is rocking my world. I'd love for you to get to know him. That's our passion. Living in harmony with one another. That God might get the greater glory. Let's show heaven off. As we live like him and for him. And uh, simple question. Are you in on that? Got to think through that. Because the commitment is the next heat that comes to you. You will pray for them that God might give his best and be willing to be there in the gap for them. Bless those who persecute you. Live in harmony. Long for God to use you with those around you. Love one another. All right? Okay. Third, leave the vengeance to God. Doggone it. This was the one thing I hoped I had. And Right? Leave the vengeance to God. And uh, we'll just move through this kind of quickly. But he says, repay no one evil for evil, uh, but give, thought, uh, but give. Repay no one evil for evil, but give. Are you hearing it? 
Like when they hit you, when they hurt you, when they bring the wrong, you do not go back to the harsh words, harsh actions and freeze out. In that moment, your job is to stop and bring it around to them. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Like, Lord, may I truly glorify and honor you and how I reach out to the one next to me. And uh, if possible, everybody say, if possible. So far as it depends on you, do you hear it? Like he's repeatedly saying, I get sometimes it won't just be on you. But if possible, say it with me again. If possible, all right, so far as it depends on you, be peaceable with all. Trying to get along. Striving as much as it depends on you. So simple question. Are you the cause of the struggle? Second question. Are you the continuation of the struggle? They hurt me and so I hurt them back. Please, and as much as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. And we have a lot of families in this church and we have a lot of friends in this church. I guarantee you there are some families not talking with each other and some friends not talking with each other. Hear me now as gently as I can say it. It's time to address that. It's got to be dealt with. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be peaceable with all. Hearing it? Time to get along. Let me just say it this way. Uh, Best way to do it. Graciously listen. That's simple. Get in there and just hear their thought. Uh, If they're hurt by you, then apologize. If they rightly are worried for you, they're like, I'm concerned about where you're at. I'm just trying to help you see that. And well, then maybe you need to heed that. Respond to it. And uh, if they're just controlling and judging you. Everybody's like, yeah. Then what do I get to do? And uh, if they're just judging, then listen politely, thank them for their insight and appreciate it and prayerfully move on. You might find later on you were mistaken about them being wrong and it's back to needing to heed it. Be careful not to overreact in. Be careful. Listen to what people are bringing and respond. That's the way we stay peaceable with it, all right? And caringly, gently care for each other. Peace, I just wrote this. Peace, uh, we say this a lot in our biblical counseling. Steve teaches us a lot. Peace is not the absence of conflict, right? Man, is there peace in their home? Oh, yeah, man, we haven't fought in nine years. Haven't talked in nine years, but we haven't fought in nine years, right? Peace is not the absence of conflict, and uh, peace is the presence of love. Willingly walking through whatever the conflict is, patiently, graciously hearing it and working together. Okay? Peace. Wherever you put two people, there will be a problem. You hearing me? Sooner or later, there will be something that needs to be talked through. It's not a sign of, uh, uh oh, we're broken. This is horrible. We should never be together again. It's, this is instead a time to work it out. Okay? Listen well, respond well. Uh, He says right after it, uh, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. How often? Never. That's kind of inclusive. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. I knew 
that it was going to finally come on them. Right? Leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Just know this. The wrath of God is always meted out. Always. For those who are believers in Jesus Christ on the cross. And for those who are not on the person. Are you hearing me? We are in a humble spot. Not because of ourselves, but because of our Savior and King. Worship Him. And, uh, all right. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. God's got it. Step back. You have a love job. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome uh, by evil, but overcome with good. For the hungry, feed him. For the thirsty, give him a drink. You're coming alongside and you're doing what is good. Okay? And uh, I'm just going to say this. Be careful for a moment. Romans 13 is coming and we're going to talk a little bit about how God brings his wrath how God actually meets this thing out in the world, that's next week, all right? And so there is leadership that he invests and calls into play. And so let's be careful. This isn't a statement that says uh, we should never, ever confront someone in their sin. Everybody say, that's a bad theology. That's a bad theology, man. Let's start putting it all together, not just one verse. And so, yeah, we are not supposed to declare vengeance. And so the goal of confronting sin is not wrath. The goal is restoration. And that's a whole different ballgame. Okay? Do not avenge. I'm going to hurt them for what they have done to me. Hearing me? Time to set the vengeance down. This is a big, big deal. Do not overcome by evil, but overcome with good. The anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. The anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. James 1.20. Just quote it with me. The anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. One more time. The anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. One more time. The anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. Do you believe that? My anger won't get it done. Okay, Lord, what are you calling me to? That's our battle cry. Living with others. May your love be genuine with all you've got, laying it on the line, right? And uh, live in harmony with each other. Truly running alongside of them in the midst of their joys and their pains, leaving the vengeance to God. That's what our battle cry is. Here's what I'm going to ask. Guys, hear me on this. As a church, there is no greater passage for one another ship than this passage. We cannot move on. It's time for us to just go to prayer here. And here's my request. Reflect on who is God calling you to love on? Who's the one another's? Who's in your impact group? Who's your family or friends? Who is God pressing in right now on where you're like, that's a relationship that must get some restoring work. It's time to go after this and listen well. Who and then how? What are the verbs I'm supposed to go after? Let's just go to prayer here and lift it up. Father God, 
Lord, we are in awe of your love for us. You are love. And it's because of who you are that you ask us to do any of this. It's your character at work through us. Lord, here's my prayer. May you hear the cry of each of us now as we come to you. Small and forgiven and needing a king. We worship you and your almighty love. Just take a moment here and thank him and worship and celebrate him for his love that is so sacrificial. gave his only begotten son. God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, bless those who persecute you. Worship that one, that God. Who's God pressing in? Lord, this relationship needs to be worked on in my life. Please help me to get things right. And as much as it depends on me, may there be peace with this person. Who's God pressing in for you? And then hand it over to him in prayer. I pray you would restore families. I pray you would restore friendships. I pray you would restore, even within impact groups, whatever might be going on, things we know of, things we don't know of. Lord, stir that even now. May you be present in this place. God, may we sense you calling us to love those around us with a genuine, all-in, sacrificial, blessing those who persecute us, love. Hand it over to him. So what does my love look like then? Here are some of the challenge words that he gave us today. Love them, honor them, serve them, have a hope in your God, patient in tribulation, prayerful always, generous with what God has given, hospitable with what he's entrusted to you, blessing them, praying for God's favor, rejoicing with those who rejoice. Weeping with those who weep, humble, forgiving, peaceable, entrusting it to God, sacrificial, living out what is good and glued to it. What's God calling you to? Pick just one of those words. 
say, Lord, that week in my life, this week, no anger, no harsh words, no harsh actions, no freeze out, reaching out for you, Lord. Father God, we are amazed with who you are and in awe. Just continue prayerfully to reflect as Larry sings a couple of lines of the song.